good is it to be here this morning? Hey, why don't we give a, uh, a COVID safe clap to our amazing uh, musical team who is leading us through this weird and tough situation and a big honor to, uh, to, to Joel and to Mika uh, who have uh, in this moment, especially the last couple of weeks, pivoted so well. Uh, you know, to make sure that we can still worship because God calls us to worship. And, um, you know, uh, it's so good that we can still do that uh, in a way that brings honor and glory to Him. And I was, as I was driving here this morning, um, and, and Pastor Nate said something uh, as we're praying before the service, is that, you know, we, we uh, as humans, right, uh, get stuck in a rut sometimes, of, you know, I know that I do. I get stuck in a rut. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to do the things the right way. You know, church Sunday morning, we, we wake up, we go to church. Uh, and I found it really funny because uh, as I jumped into the car this morning, I plugged my iPhone in uh, into the Apple uh, CarPlay, and automatically it told me where I was going. It told me that I was going to church. Scary. Apple knew and was excited, I hope, that I was going to church, right? That I was going to church. Uh, but, you know, sometimes uh, it doesn't always look like that. And sometimes our routine is messed up. Uh, our routine is changed because of restrictions and everything like that. But we can still worship God. We can still hear the Word of God, and He can still move uh, through broadcast, that He can still uh, heal and bring prophetic words uh, to wherever you are. So uh, that's just a little encouragement to uh, not always get stuck in a rut, and just let God move, that He is always moving. And so, but I'm excited to be here this morning uh, at church, in the building, HSPA, and we've got a multitude of people here, which is great. And uh, but so excited that you have joined us in your building, in your room, wherever that is, uh, either whether you're watching us live uh, right now or watching us uh, sometime during the week or in the next couple of months. Welcome, and uh, you know we we hope that you have uh, you know have a good time, that you have found some community that you can connect with. And, uh, and we would love to say hi to you, uh, especially uh, if you're live right now. We've got one of our amazing pastors. I think Pastor Mel is uh, moderating this morning. So give a wave to Pastor Mel and say hey. Um, but, you know, connect with us. Jump on our website and uh, we'd love to see you at some point. Um, but I just want to firstly thank Pastor Nate and Rach. I know Rach is probably in the crash. Um, looking after kids, um, but it is a massive honor to be entrusted with the Word of God, and uh, you know, I don't, oh man, don't want to cry, um, <laughs> no, uh, I cry once a, once a year, that's it, uh, and so, uh, but it is a massive honor and privilege to bring the Word of God uh, on the platform that uh, you lead, uh, that you and Leitch read, and so lead, and so I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and uh, just honored. And so um, we are, right, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we are in our nine-week journey. And we are a nine-week journey of Colossians. Who's been loving it? 
I love it. I love that we can go deep into the Word of God. That as a church, we're not afraid to do that. Uh, that we love to get into you know, the Scripture and what God is saying to us. And, uh, and like any good season on any good streaming platform, uh, that you may watch, you know, especially TV shows, you know, Disney Plus, Stan, you know, that might come out weekly, we sometimes forget what happened last week, right? And so I'm going to give a recap, a recap of what's been happening, uh, because, you know, sometimes we forget, you know, sometimes we forget. And uh, so week one, Week one, Pastor Nate took us on a journey of context, a journey of context. He, he kicked us off. Uh, he talked about, because uh, context is king, right? Um, he talked about who was writing the letter. Paul. Cool. Paul was writing the letter. Uh, we, we learned where Paul was writing it from. Uh, he was writing it from prison or house arrest. Uh, and, you know, so we learned that. We learned that Paul is, uh, you know, he can't travel at the moment. So he's writing uh, a letter to this church, to this young church. And uh, we, we learned who he's writing it to, the church of Colossae, this young church, a church that he's never met, a church led by someone else. And so that's who he's writing it to. And that's in another part of Rome, uh, uh, you know, just a, as Pastor Nate was talking about, good, good, good clothes, good fashion sense and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, but we also learned why he is bringing this letter, why he's writing this letter. He is, uh, you know, bringing this letter to, uh, to introduce himself. Hey, I'm Paul. Nice to meet you. Uh, but he's also bringing this letter and writing this letter to address some teachings, to address some heretical teachings that they've been told, and he just wants to come in and, you know, just make sure that everything's aligned to God and the Word of God, Right? Uh, and that's always good. And then week two last week, Pastor Mal probably uh, shared on probably one of my absolute favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And uh, that was uh, all about the supremacy of Jesus. Uh, such an amazing passage of scripture. And, and Pastor Mal shared about who Jesus is. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And this morning... Uh, we continue but finish up chapter 1, and we move on to chapter 2. So, are you ready? Come on. I hope you've got your Bible, whether it's hard copy. I've got both right in front of me. Uh, so we're going to be reading from Colossians chapter 1. To uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, to chapter 2, verse 5. And I'm just going to go through it. Uh, I know it's going to be on the screen behind me, and uh, we're going to go right through it, and then we'll go from there. So, verse 24. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now is dis disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Chapter 2. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is." Amen. Amen. So we start with verse 24. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of the body, which is the church. A pretty hard-hitting, kind of weird scripture to start with, right? But choosing to follow Jesus is choosing a life that isn't easy sometimes, right? Sometimes not easy. You know, I remember back in 2005 when I gave my life to Christ and I put up my hand and they said, come down the front. I went down the front and I shook the dude's hands and he's like, hey man, you just entered this awesome relationship with Jesus. Your life is going to be plain sailing from here on out. I'm glad you laughed. Because that's not the case, right? That's not the case. We live, uh, we, we, it's, being a Christian is not always plain sailing. It's hard. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That sounds hard. That looks hard. I read it in the gospel. And I'm like, I could never do that. And we also just live in a broken and suffering world. Right now, our world is suffering. You know, as Christians, we suffer for our faith. Why? We suffer for our faith, not always outwardly, but a lot of the time inwardly through temptation, sickness, anxiety, responsibilities, self-doubt, and just stuff that life throws at us like lockdowns, loss, heartache. Paul here is saying that his suffering for the church of Colossia, he is taking the hit for them. They're young, and he feels that it's his responsibility and his role to protect them and to go into, and go into fight so that they can be stronger. N.T. Wright explains that Paul's suffering is not his own, but Christ's. I love that which lands us at our first point. We are an expression for Jesus. We are an expression of Jesus. We are an expression of Jesus. We aren't called to suffer alone. Paul demonstrates this, his suffering on the behalf of the people that he has never met, but God has called him to. We help one another through suffering as an expression of God's care and love for each person. At different times, we'll need to protect and to take on the hits for people. 
to suffer on, on people's behalf. People who are new to faith, who have just become Christians and, and, and just trying to figure out what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. To people who are just going through personal times of struggling. You know, Christina and I have witnessed this firsthand. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Christina's auntie, Auntie Lynn, was diagnosed with dementia. Uh, and that was a really rough time, a terrible sickness. And especially last year, as her auntie, uh, our auntie, um, got you know, more and more sick, and she got moved into hospital and then into a care facility, we, uh, we needed people around us. We needed people to suffer on our behalf. And then as uh, this year came, rolled around, and it wasn't looking great, and a couple of months ago, sadly, uh, Auntie Lynn passed away, we had people around us. We had our friends uh, who had been on this journey. Uh, we had our amazing pastoral team of this church who suffered on our behalf, who prayed when we just couldn't. We had people in this community itself, in this community, C3 Victory, who knew what was going on and who we knew in their times of quietness, in their quiet times, were suffering on our behalf, praying for us when we didn't have the strength to, when we didn't know what was going on, when we couldn't deal with everything, but they were praying for us and suffering on our behalf. Our role is to be that expression of Jesus. To take on the suffering, it may not look physical like Paul's did, but it might help to carry the weight, to bring heaven down to earth, to stand in faith, and to believe when people are struggling, to believe when they've lost sight of that hope. So that people can be refreshed, can stand once again on the firm foundation that Jesus is Lord. Dietrich Bonhoeffer shares his view on verse 24. Even though Jesus Christ has already accomplished all the vicarious suffering necessary for our redemption, His sufferings in this world are not finished yet. In His grace, He has left something unfinished in His suffering, which His church community is to complete in its last period before His second coming. This suffering will benefit the body of Christ, the church. Whether the suffering of Christians also has the power to atone for sin, remains an open question. What is clear, however, is that those suffering in the power of the body of Christ suffer in a vicariously representative action for the church community, for the body of Christ. They are permitted to bear what others are spared. As a church... At C3 Victory, one of our values that we released last month is that our mission is people. Our mission is people. And I believe that being an expression of Jesus creates a home for hope for people in our church, in this, in this community, to connect with God, to be transformed by His power, and to be discipled into a faith-filled followers of Christ. That was verse 24. 
Paul then goes, to, goes on to say in verse 25 to 27, I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I can imagine Paul writing this, getting real excited. Really excited, this, this mystery, which is my second point, this mystery for all. The mystery for all. This mystery isn't saying secretive. It isn't just something for a select few of people, but this mystery is the salvation of Jesus. It is the gospel that Jesus came to earth, fully God, fully man, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life. That is the mystery. Paul knew that his role was to declare that God's Son Jesus to be king for all people, Jews, Gentiles, slave, free, man and woman, everyone. But the mystery doesn't, and now this, sorry, and now this mystery has been made known to us. And because of that, Jesus is in us and accessible for us. We are sons and daughters of the high king. But the mystery doesn't stop with us. Has been made and known among the Gentiles who are experiencing the glorious riches, which is Jesus, who is the hope of glory. Jesus has a plan for the church. He has a great plan. A plan that I'm excited to be a part of. And that plan is to expand the kingdom of heaven. To expand the kingdom of heaven. Because he is the creator the sustainer, and the redeemer of all creation. Our role as a church, as individuals like Paul, is to understand our calling in this plan. What God has commissioned us to is to spread and make known the gospel, to share the good news. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. As a church, our goal is hope. Our goal is hope. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Paul explains that this mystery is Jesus and his salvation. We aren't called to hold this hope to ourselves, but to create a space where collectively and corporately, we are a home for hope. And now we, we come to, this, to the end of chapter 1, where Paul kind of hits home his pastoral strategy for the church of Colossae. Verse 28 and 29, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. More like Christ. My third point is to become more like Christ. You know, Paul actually does this thing. 
their bosses, supervisors may do. It's happened to me a few times. They call you into their office and they give you the compliment sandwich. <laughs> and it isn't just to have lunch with them. You know, I've had it happen. Been into Pastor Keith's office multiple times. Been into Pastor Nate's office. You know, hey, you're doing an awesome job over here. This is amazing. This is great. But hey, let's, maybe we just need to work on this character right here. Maybe let's work on this thing right here. Maybe this, you know, oh, that what you said on stage. Hey, let's fix that up. But over here, you're doing awesome. You know, you're doing amazing. The compliment sandwich. Now, I'm not taking the mick. I'm not being sarcastic. I actually really like it. You know, I actually believe that I have grown as a person. I've grown as a leader because of these moments. And I, and I hope and I, I think that's the, the hope that Paul has for this church. You know, hey, we're proclaiming Jesus. You're, procla- you're proclaiming Jesus. But let's admonish this thing. Let's do some admonishing. You know? Now, I think I was been using the word admonish completely wrong right up until this point. And so I had to look it up. Hey, let's go out for some admonish. <laughs> you know, admonishing pretty much just means correcting and undoing. I love that word, undoing foolish belief, uh, foolish teaching or belief or behavior. Which is why Paul is writing this letter. Just to undo some things, right? And Paul has a mission here. So that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. But Paul's context of perfect is different to our context of perfect, right? You know, our context of perfect is, you know, maybe waking up in the morning, flicking straight into Instagram, right? You know, (laughs) flicking through stories, seeing someone, you know, already been at the beach, sunrise is beautiful, and they've been praying, you know, they've got like the selfie, they're, they're videoing themselves praying for you. <laughs> and then the next story is them at their local cafe with their Bible out, their flat white, and their, and their croissant. <laughs> and that was two hours ago, and you just woke up. Okay, just me. But Paul's context of, of perfect is mature in Christ. Mature in Christ. I love how Scott McKnight explains Paul's term of maturity. This term mature translate a word often translated as perfect or perfection. As a moral injunction, it does not point toward a rigid sense of sinlessness. Rather, mature combines conformity to the moral purity of God as taught by Jesus and the apostles with more ordinary virtues of reflexive trust in God as good, self-control of the tongue, 
and Christian growth into maturity and morality and theology. Hence, I love this, maturity in Pauline ethics means Christoformity. Christoformity. Our goal as Christians is to be more like God. It's to be more like Christ. Yo, we might need let we might need to let God do some undoing, some admonishing in our life, to 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 let him do some things that you know we might have a distorted view on God. We might have a distorted view on the church. We might have some distorted views on his theology, his word. He just may need to do some undoing so that we can become more like Christ. You know, we aren't called to be perfect. No one's perfect. The only one that I know of is perfect is the one who came to earth, fully God, fully man, to die on the cross for our sins. He was perfect. We are called to be mature. Maturity takes time. Maturity takes work and discipline to be in His Word, to be in His presence, and not just on a Sunday, to be in relationship with Him and communication with Him. The message puts it pretty simply. To be mature is to be basic. Christ. No more, no less. Our reason as C3 Victory is Jesus. The more we become like Christ, the more we journey to that place of maturity. Now we move into chapter 2, verses 1 and 5, and we will wrap up just as Paul wraps up too. Chapter 2, verse 1, 5. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is so that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, and who, whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly, and how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Paul's heart for the church of uh, the Colossians is that they wouldn't be deceived especially as he goes on to shape the rest of this letter, I think Paul would have the same heart for the church of today. There is so much heretical theology out there, fake news, fine-sounding arguments, all these things that the enemy tries to use as a way to pull his, uh, God's children off the path and the plan that he has for them. But when we plan ourselves in the body of Christ, the community of the church, get good godly people around us 
and dedicate ourselves to becoming more like Christ and the wisdom and the knowledge through the Holy Spirit helps us stay on the right path and stay firm to our faith in Christ. Paul ends this section of the letter by encouraging them, saying, I am here in spirit. I am praying for you. And this is so that they will have confidence and stability in their faith. Paul believes in this church. Paul believes in the church. And I read this as I am reading this letter that Paul wrote for me. I'm reading it as like Paul wrote it just for me. It's Paul's heart for us to encourage us to make sure that we are united in love, that we may have God's riches through knowing the mystery of God, which is Christ. And through that, we would receive wisdom and knowledge, becoming more like Christ, becoming mature, Christ-like in our lives, to have the hope that is Jesus live inside of us. Why don't we just close our eyes this morning? Now, I've talked a lot about this hope. Paul talks about hope. This mystery. And through this, we, we understand that the hope is Jesus. And the mystery is the salvation of Jesus. And God has a plan to expand His kingdom. So I want to give everyone, whether you're here in the room with us right now, whether you're joining us online, I want to give the opportunity that people can come to know this hope can come to know this mystery. If you want to know Jesus, this salvation, this relationship with Him that He offers, I want to give you that opportunity. All it is is just accepting who Jesus is, that you need Him in your life. We need Jesus. It's believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and raised, was raised three days later. He died for you. He died for us. And to commit to living a life for Him and having a relationship with Him. about religion, it's about relationship with Jesus. So if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity, whether you're here in the room or you're online, if you're here in the room, you can give me a quick little wave. If you're online, there is a moment there. Pastor Mal, one of our pastors will pray with you. Thank you, Jesus.
God, we just thank you for this word this morning. God, we thank you that we can be an expression of you. God, that we're part of your plan to spreading the good news, to spreading the gospel, which is your salvation. Be God, we just pray that you just help us become more like you, to become more mature in you. to live a life that is Christ-like.